the ESPN 690 and Atari Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It has been almost 500 shows, 24 months. That's two years, and if I do the math real quick, it's like 731 days because of the leap year. Holy cow, we made it this far. How did that happen? The over and under, I believe, was set somewhere between 8 and 18 months. We'll go with 18 months. We hit the over. Time to give us another one, Vegas. But happy anniversary to us and to you because, quite frankly, you've made it work, and we appreciate it. And we're still growing. We're getting better every day, we hope. And to celebrate it all, a two-year anniversary on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, we have Urban Meyer coming to Jacksonville. Mm. Yeah, it's not official yet, but come on, isn't it kind of official? I think everybody kind of knows he's in town, he's in the building, he's at Cecil, getting off a jet, things are happening, sign that darn thing, and Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence sure sounds good. Brent Martineau, along with... Austin Lane and Justin Kuzart. Kuz, we call him. It's amazing we haven't had any turnover on this show yet. We haven't lost any one of us yet. That's no, pretty good. No, I mean, through a pandemic, through obviously FCC regulations, through everything, we've uh, we've stuck strong. We've stuck together. We we are a tripod, and we are a force to be reckoned with. And hopefully, if we uh, <laughs> stick to our guns here, we're not going anywhere. We are a tripod. I like that. Very yeah. Good. I mean, very good. What, what else would you call us, Brent? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I have no. I'd call us a lot of things, probably. Okay. All right. But anyway, this, uh, you know, if we didn't have a lot of stuff going, I would probably celebrate the last couple of years in some way, shape, or form. We actually may do that in a couple of weeks. Anyway, uh, we are approaching our 500th show, and and we will have a a little bit of a celebration, a little fun. Uh, with that, we had an awesome celebration a year ago after the one-year anniversary that we made it to one year, and that was a lot of fun. But obviously, a pandemic has hit. Things are a little bit different, and uh, things are really different today. Because, hello, Urban Meyer, man. Uh, listen, we've been talking about this nonstop for the better part of two weeks. I think we have felt, you know, you and I, and and so many in Jacksonville, but that this thing was coming to a head, and and the fact that Urban had not pulled back out of. The idea of him being a coach in the NFL was a, certainly a good sign if you wanted him to be the head coach of the Jags. Mm. We didn't really figure the Chargers were in play that much or reports that they were interested, maybe small discussions. But that's not even a choice for Urban Meyer. I mean, I can be his agent in that one. If you're going to get back in the NFL, this is the job to take. Trevor Lawrence, all the money, patient owner, better owner, uh, and Florida. <laughs> and I think that's more comfortable, quite frankly, than, and obviously everybody loves LA. A lot of people do, but I just think it's more comfortable for Myers family and him. And so here we are. We're on the, the, just the verge of any minute now this becoming an official thing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. What's your takeaway from it? Man, um, obviously there's enthusiasm. Um, there's, I feel like a celebration. Like, I feel like the Jaguars just went to the Super Bowl. Like, that, that's, that's kind of the vibe that you're getting right now on social media and around town. And it's interesting because, you know, and it's one of the most cliche things to say, but sometimes it's not the destination, it's the journey. 
And I feel like if they would have got Urban Meyer a couple weeks ago, um, when reports first started coming out, like it would have been still a big deal, but not like it is right now. Because you were riding the wave of, well, is he not going to, you know, end up coming here? Um, all of a sudden it was like all quiet on the Western Front. Nobody was saying anything about Urban Meyer. And then it picked up a little more. So it's just, it's been a journey. It feels like the past, I mean, it's been like a week or two weeks. It feels like it's been two months, really. I'm exhausted. I'm fine. I'm glad it's finally starting to happen here. But, it's just it goes to show you that listen, the past how how many every years that they've been a bad optic case in terms of the Jaguars. This is a W, all right. This is a W um, in a in the past decade where you haven't seen a lot of those happen here in Jacksonville. But getting Urban Meyer, regardless of what you feel about him, like he was the top candidate in my opinion. Right. I think he comes with the most intrigue. It's definitely an outside the box hiring. Now, I'm not going to say he's going to be the guy. I'm not going to say he's going to go to a Super Bowl. I have no idea what type of coach Urban Meyer is going to be. But from where we sit right now, we're in the national spotlight. People are talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and 99 percent of that stuff is good. And yeah. you, you take that any day of the week. Absolutely. And I think I think you just said something that's really important. And, and I think a lot of people might kind of dismiss this. But stop and think about it. Stop and think if you're listening. If you're watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 in your car, on the stream, on your smart speaker. Just think about this for a moment. Think about how engaged everybody is over the last couple of weeks, really the last few weeks. It starts with the Jets losing and the Jags continuing to lose. And at the end of the day, you're coming off a 1-15 year, and it's like nobody even remembers that right now. By the way, whoever takes the field in September is going to be a 15-game losing streak attached to that football team. And nobody cares right now. So I think you have to stop and think about, and this is the part I love. I get so many people say, man, you must be fired up. This will be fun to cover. This is about me covering it. I feel like it's fun when the fans are engaged, when we tweet some things and talk on social media, when we have a show right now and there are a lot of people watching and listening. That is fun. And if over the last couple of weeks, Trevor Lawrence, the idea of that happening, certainly has done wonders. But Urban Meyer is doing that. I understand not every one of you love the idea of Urban Meyer. That's okay. But you're interested in the idea of Urban Meyer. And you want to see where it goes because he is so good at the college level the question is, can he get it done and win big at the NFL level? This is not just a guy like, oh, let's keep our fingers crossed and maybe he's the next big thing because he was a good coordinator. That is not this. We have seen this guy be a central figure at two of the biggest programs in college football, and we've seen him win big in those programs at Ohio State and Florida. And now you're going to have a central figure of this Jaguars organization, and it's going to be him. So I think that excitement is real. And I think that excitement is fun. And I think the engagement of the fan is really what I love about this. I, I think that is awesome. I, th- I think it's great for the folks down there at Jags headquarters <laughs> that have had to sell tickets through mm-hmm. some really tough times and, do- and sell sponsorships through some really tough times. Heck, I think it's good for us because it, it f- I, I think the energy for us in the media picks up when we feel like the fans are engaged. And so, and then of course, I said it. I mean, listen, Jags fans, I don't like to use the word deserve, so I say earned. You've been through it. You've lived through the bad. You have earned the idea of Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence. That is what you've earned. I don't, again, I don't think deserve probably fits here, but you've earned it. You've been through it. Blood, sweat, tears, dollars, season tickets, all those things. Investment. And now at least you're getting the idea of hope around the corner in two guys that have really won big. So I absolutely love that. I think it's also very important to say this. I think Shotcon has taken 
you know, his share of criticism over the years since he's owned the team. The record is what the record is, and, and so criticism comes with it. They have not been good on the football field outside of 2017. But I don't know if you feel way, this way, Austin. Don't you have to give Shad Khan a ton of credit here? He knew what he wanted. He looks like he's about to get what he wanted. He played it well, and he was such the domino in all this. His organization, whether he made it intentionally better than a year ago or not, or it just worked out that way, but you're going to start seeing the rest of the league move and shake now in the coaching circles because of this move. Everybody was waiting on Shad Khan, Urban Meyer, and he looks like he's been able to grab a guy that's flirted with coming back to the sidelines at the collegiate level and maybe even the NFL level with other offers, and it looks like Shad Khan alone is about to get this job done. Not a search committee, nobody else, Shad Khan. I think you have to give him some praise for him saying, I want this guy, I'm going to get this guy, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get this guy, and it looks like it's going to happen. Well, no, listen, I mean, absolutely props to Shad Khan for getting his guy, right? Because that sounds good on paper, but especially it seems like around here, you very rarely ever get your guy like your number one dude that you wanted. So Shad Khan got him, so props for that. I think also, and I got to be careful how I phrase this here, but I'm going to give props to Shad Khan for the outside-the-box thinking, And, and I've talked about this all the time. It seems like in terms of franchises that are successful, franchises that win championships there is some sort whether it's a player whether it's a coach whether it's the way things are done there is some sort of outside the box thinking that you know when people go left they go right where it pans out now urban meyer is the ultimate outside the box thinking type of move trevor lawrence is probably the safest pick in the draft in the past decade let's be honest like that's not outside the box thinking that's you're thankful that you're at the number one pick but trevor lawrence like you're not risking it for the biscuit there you're thankful for trevor lawrence hopefully he turns out to be what we think he's gonna be and it's enough said but from the head coaching hire this is outside the box thinking because like i've said before and then maurice jones you and i had the conversation it's the ultimate boomer bust pick in my opinion like we don't know what urban Meyer is going to bring to the table. And if I'm being 100% honest, I mean, you know how I felt about it. I was more of a enemy guy. I was more of a Dable guy. But I'm intrigued, right? I, I'm intrigued about this outside-the-box hire. Now, it's not just Urban Meyer, right? I, I got to see these coordinators. I got to see what he's bringing to the table. There's some rumors out there already. Whether they have legs or not, we'll find out. But I'm just excited because it's an outside-the-box move here. And I'm trying to think the last time the Jaguars really had one of those outside-the-box type of moves. Yeah, I don't think you can say in Shad Khan's... Well, I would say Tom Coughlin was a little bit outside the box, right? It was a little bit unusual yeah, to, but to, to go that way. Yeah, but you know him. I mean, but, you know, Tom Coughlin's been in the organization before. I mean, I understand, like, it was outside the box to bring him back, kind of that old-school demeanor, that old-school mentality. But, like, when you heard Tom Coughlin's coming back, like, it almost made too much sense, right? Like, you weren't really shocked. Like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I figured that was going to happen. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, Listen, I believe, I believe, and some have said, but who knows, maybe Urban will have to answer this. I believe there have been a lot of overtures for Urban Meyer over the last couple years. Hey, man, how you feeling? Mm -hmm. Hey, man, you want back in? That's how much people think he's a good coach, both the NFL level and collegiate level. And we really think it just happened most recently with Texas. And so, again, I think it's important to point out that the Jags, this is a guy that has been coveted. This is the guy that has the best record of anybody that is still going to ever coach 
and not coaching. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. the best guy out there, really. I mean, you can't get a better resume. Uh, and um, unless Bill Parcells wants back in, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's just such a good get for the Jags. I just we, I, I agree with everything else. We don't know where it's going to go. But I believe if you want that, it's kind of like what I say about quarterbacks sometimes. You don't always pick the right quarterback. The Jags have proven that. But if you show, like I never, I never got after Gene Smith and company for going to get Gabbert because they really thought Gabbert was the guy. They were, had conviction that he was the guy. Now, they were wrong. <laughs> so, but I appreciate when somebody has conviction that that's the guy. I got all these other candidates. I go Arthur Smith, Brian Dable, Eric Bieniemy, Robert Sala, who I think is going to be sensational, by the way. But I want that guy. And he went and got that guy, and we'll find out if he's right. And it's going to be on Shad Khan. He put that on him. He said he's the guy doing it. And he went out and did it. So, uh, again, I, I'm talking almost in past tense. It's not official yet, but we know where this thing's headed. We knew where it was headed. It's been headed this way for a while. Now it's just about signing the contract. And, and will we even hear from Urban Meyer as soon as tonight? I don't. I, I'm hearing probably not. Uh, maybe more likely tomorrow. But I do think uh, we talked about this yesterday, Austin. I think there's a real um, chance that he doesn't actually get like introduced, introduced in, in a formal fashion uh, until sometime next week because there's a lot going on. NFL playoffs, Martin Luther King Day Monday, inauguration Wednesday. I think it is. So yeah. um, I think there's a lot to get through. But I believe we will still, if this does get done, I got to keep saying, if it does get done, yeah, yeah, uh, that. I think we'll probably hear from Urban Meyer in the next 24 hours, but we might not see that formal introduction like at the stadium and everything else until next week. That's kind of what I'm hearing. We'll see how it goes. I think these things change uh, all the time. Well, and and here's the major question, too. Like, do we – I mean, when do we announce that Urban Meyer is going to be the vice president of the 690 Syndicate? Because obviously he's watched the show before, and obviously he knew that we're coming up on our anniversary, and he wanted to make an announcement on the day of anniversary. It was a very humble gesture by Urban Meyer. We appreciate it, and we will reciprocate that by bringing you into the Syndicate. I I think we should. We'll give him uh, an honorary title for sure um, to do that. So what does happen now? Obviously he's got to finish this thing up. I do wonder this. I'm really curious, and I tweeted this today, and I've said this to a lot of folks. Um, and, and, you know, I've told you, uh, listen, I had a really good hunch that this was happening on Tuesday, but quite frankly, couldn't confirm it, so I wasn't going with it. Um, but had a pretty good source that on Tuesday afternoon, and it'll be interesting to look back on the timetable, whatever Meyer says, and see if I'm right here, but Tuesday afternoon had a really good source that said he's in, mm. you know. And so what's interesting then, it took until now to get him to Jacksonville to finish up this contract or whatever else. So what transpired between them is a bit of a mystery over the last couple of days. You know, uh, reports are they met yesterday, uh, Shad Khan and, and Urban Meyer once again. And so maybe they finalized some things. I have a hunch, again, this is a hunch, no knowledge of it, that Shad Khan wanted to introduce, he said this last Monday, the GM and the head coach around the same time. I really wonder over the last couple of days, once Urban said, hey, I'm in, then is that when they started to plan for the GM? Like the last 24, 36 hours, whatever's been going on there, are those more talks about the GM staff, what I need, rather than, hey, yeah, I need uh, four years in, you know, $48 million or whatever. I think that part was easy. I wonder if now we'll hear about the GM soon, or we could hear from Urban Meyer and say, hey, by next week we'll probably tell you who the next GM is. Yeah, I mean, that's, and you know, you're very adamant about about this, and you're one of the first ones to put in the airwaves, but yeah, obviously the Jaguars have gone with a, um, 
with a way of doing things where you get the coach first, you get the GM second. Now, despite what people think about that, maybe it's bucking the trend a little bit. I think it's fantastic because, and like I've said before, I think when we're talking about GMs and everything, their jobs are to evaluate talent, get contracts in line, and try to obviously think outside the box a little bit, once again using that cliche, but think outside the box and getting that talent either at a discount or you know, you're know you seeing the diamonds in the rough in free agency and in the draft. It's the coach's job to establish the culture, right? If you see the GM in that locker room, um, you know, 10 times during training camp, then something's up, right? Like, I remember when I played, I may have seen Gene Smith in my entire career maybe four or five times. And three of those times was you better step it up a little bit and play better because you're making me look bad. That's all that was. So with Urban Meyer, like, listen, he's coming in. He's going to change the culture around, and that's the most important thing right now. Yes, you got to get have a good draft. Yes, all that stuff has to be put into place. But right now you're dealing with a situation where you got to start from scratch. So I love the fact that they got Urban Meyer first, and now it's the matter of fact of finding the GM that's going to work well with Urban Meyer and have that communication with Urban Meyer. With that being said, Brent, because there's been some rumors out there and things like that, do you have any kind of – you know, thoughts about the next GM. Um, you know, I, I knew like that they might hire in-house. Um, there's the guy from the, uh, New Orleans Saints who worked there for a while. Like, what are your thoughts about the GM coming in? Well, I think some people were thinking there was some connection uh, to Urban Meyer with Tony Fontenot from the Saints. Well, he became an instant front runner and maybe the guy going to Atlanta. I haven't even seen the latest on some of the GM stuff, but that's starting to fly now uh, in the NFL circles. And so, I I don't know if people are still heavy on that. I think Trent Baalke continues to be a name I hear. Now, I, I honestly don't know if I love that. Uh, I think there was also a report. Who was it? Was it Lombardi that reported? Ray Farmer? Mm-hmm. I mean, go look at that resume, and you're like, eh. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Baalke, by the way, I, I'm not as hesitant. I, I don't know Trent Baalke. Uh, he's been here a year. It was a pandemic. We didn't even get to meet the guy. So <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think everybody adds – they're passed up with Balky because of Alex Smith and, and when they picked them first overall in San Francisco and all that stuff. So I get the marriage there, and maybe there is a long relationship, mm-hmm. a longer one. That yeah. was some 15 years ago. So I just don't know if I'm dialed into the Balky stuff. Uh, I also think a clean sweep in that building, although Balky was really only there a year, so maybe some familiarity with the roster and everything else isn't a bad thing. See. But my, my biggest hesitation with Balky, he did pick some good players, okay? He also, they went downhill quick. But I didn't like the mix eventually and how that blew up in San Francisco. How much of that was Harbaugh? How much of that was bulky? You know, what's the personality like? you got a strong personality in Urban Meyer. I think that's the part that might, I don't know, scares the right word, but I question a little bit uh, from working together because that is so important to be working together. And I, I really have no good feel of where they're going with the GM. I'm just being completely honest. I had a great feel they were going with Urban Meyer. I really don't have a good feel with what they're doing on the GM front, but I do think, and what we've said for the better part of a month, is Urban Meyer's going to help pick that guy, and I love that. I absolutely love that. I know people don't because it's not the usual thing. I think it's trending to be the usual thing. I saw Pete Carroll do it, and he's been working with Schneider now for over a decade, and they just signed Schneider until 2027. And look what Seattle's done. Matt Rule's going to do that. He didn't do it initially, but he'll do it this year with Carolina. It's the way it's going. And when you have a big figure, a central figure, like Urban Meyer being the guy in your organization, he should decide a lot of the other stuff that goes on, and I'm glad he's picking the GM. 
Yeah, without a doubt. And you said it yourself, the whole bulky thing, like you can go down the resume, because that's what we do, right? We, we say, well, who did this guy draft? Who did this guy draft? Yes, GM's going to have good draft picks and bad draft picks, but to me, if we're talking about Trent Bulky, and you know that's that's a name that's been thrown on a little bit, it is the fact that it seems like with him and Jim Harbaugh, they didn't get along. And I don't want to compare Jim Harbaugh to, to Urban Meyer, because I have never talked to either of these gentlemen. Uh, they could be completely different, but I just think of, in terms of a mindset, in terms of a personality, what you see in the football field, I see s- similarities, let's just say, right? They're, they're, they're both strong um, personality-type coaches, let's just say, and I'm not sure how well that would mesh with Trent Bulky. And then also, keep in mind, too, the whole Chip Kelly thing, which obviously Chip Kelly didn't get along with Bulky as well, so... Yep. Um, there is a history there, and there's a history of not getting along and and By the way, Tom Sula, too. Sorry to interrupt. Know, Wasn't sure. Tom Sula part of that as well? He might have been, yeah. So there's a history there of, of miscommunications, of not gelling. And when you got a guy like Urban Meyer, who I think is a very strong um, and opinionated type coach, you got to have that right fit. Yeah, I'll be looking for that, too. And I will say this, Austin. You want to go to 3-4? Balky's a 3-4 guy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they have three, four personnel. I know. I hear that. So, I li- hear that. Listen, I don't think this is yet about the GM. We're going to get there, and I think it's just so much speculation on the GM. Uh, and just quite frankly, I don't have a ton of info on that. I don't have a good feel for that. Mm-hmm. I do have a good feel that Urban Meyer is going to be the guy, mm-hmm. and that is exciting. I think it's fun. It might be dangerous. What are your concerns? What's next? How much control will he have? How quick can he turn it around? What else does he need? What's he asking for? Is he going to change this organization completely as we've known it here in Jacksonville? We'll talk more about it next. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. Uh, then I said... Still looking for his fourth career sack. Austin Lane. I'm spending pretty much every single day with somebody for pretty much two years now that you know somebody. And they surprise you. <laughs> I sit here before you right now, and I am surprised. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Yeah, I've worked with quarterbacks really my entire career, and I was one of those guys that that's the one position that you play after he's ready. You know, the other positions, I always would say push him in the fray. Get him out there. You know, you always worry about corner because they can give up an easy one. But all other positions, receiver, even running back, even running back. But quarterback's that one position because I've experienced it. When I was an assistant coach, I saw a quarterback. And I won't say where, but I, lo- I saw a quarterback, a great, not a good player, great player. that got thrown in the fray too soon. He lost his confidence. And it was a day-to-day in practice. And, and that's the one position that I've always delayed putting him in the game. Or if you do put him in a game, like you said, a first-year quarterback, slow that thing down. I mean, you you rely on, you tell your staff, I'm going to rely on our defense, the run game. Don't let this kid lose his confidence. He loses his confidence, you're going to impact the team. That's interesting. Those are thoughts from Urban Meyer from the Big Ten Network, who's found. And on the quarterback spot, which if I'm listening to that correctly, you know, it's a couple things jump in my mind. Obviously, the marriage of... Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer look to be a big reason why that Urban Meyer could be ending up in Jacksonville and back in coaching and into the NFL. Uh, by the way, I'm not even going to talk about the field stuff because I just don't believe it. You know, I don't even think the fields. I think he loves Trevor Lawrence, and I continue to hear that he likes Trevor Lawrence, and I think that's a big reason why he's back in. And so to hear him talk about the quarterback, Austin, is interesting because I – it sounded like he just said, hey, play him right away, right? 
Mm-hmm. Like, go play them, unless you're a corner and, and going to give something up. Other than that, play the young guys. If you really like them and they're, and they're big prospects, go play them. But then it's also what he said at the end of that reminded me of kind of Bortles playing too soon and Gabbert playing too soon, right? You don't <laughs> yeah. want him to lose the confidence. But, again, I think it's important to note here when we talk about Trevor Lawrence relative to those guys, and, and I'm not even talking about what kind of quarterbacks they ended up being. I'm talking about when they came out of college and came to the pros, they were very inexperienced. Gabbert hardly had any games under his belt. Bortles was as green as you could be at the QB position, admittedly. And this is not the guy in Trevor Lawrence. He is... He's 21 going on 22, but feels like he's been playing in big games since he was 10. So I think it's a big difference there. I think that guy, there's no doubt in my mind. I know we have this discussion a lot. And I actually saw odds on it, like that Minshew would be plus 400 to be the starting quarterback uh, at the start of the season next year. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that for a minute. Like, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to pick Trevor Lawrence on April 29th, and they're going to start him on September 13th or whenever the games begin. No, without a doubt. You know, I mean, I think that's um, that's kind of coach speak, right, where he's got to come in and earn a spot. You know, I'm not going to give him the keys. He's got to earn those keys. Okay, so be it. You know, but at the end of the day, like, you know, you, you look at a guy like Joe Burrow, comes in, starts day one with a kind of a makeshift offensive line, has some good piece at the wide receiver spot. I mean, Burrow played, um, you know, some some pretty good college reps there. And, I mean, you think he spent a year at Ohio State playing, right? Five games, if I'm not mistaken, or six games, was it? Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, so Burrow played, his freshman year played five games, okay. sophomore year five games, and 13, and then oh, that was 15. A good call. I didn't realize he had played that much at Ohio State. Yeah, so he played in a few games, but the point is, like, listen, Trevor Lawrence has played a lot of college football, right? And yes, the game is different, the defenses are different, more man coverage, all that stuff. But the most important thing is that you've been on the field in pressure situations, right? Because that's the thing, Brent, like, and we talk about Blaine Gabbard all the time, Um it's no disrespect to his skill set or what he could have been, but I, I truly think he was rushed because we saw it in practice. Like we we saw the glimpses of brilliance in practice. Like that guy's arm, I was like, get ready, world. Blaine Gabbard's about to come and shock the the whole thing. And then, you know, he gets put in a little too soon, the confidence goes down, and now it is what it is. I think with Trevor Lawrence, like, he's been in a lot of those big games, right? And he hasn't really lost a lot, and he hasn't really faltered a lot. So I understand where the whole narrative of, all right, let's just slowly bring our guy uh, along, a la Patrick Mahomes, a la Aaron Rodgers. But at the end of the day, we talk about experience. Trevor Lawrence already has that. So I'm going to be very, very surprised, depending how the preseason works with COVID-19 and all that stuff. But I'm going to be very, very surprised if Trevor Lawrence isn't the starter week one for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey, we're going to advance the Urban Meyer talk. Uh, We've been talking about it for two weeks. uh, And try not to be redundant, but now that we can kind of – zero in on this thing about to happen really press it forward a little bit from staffing control what kind of how much control can a coach have urban have what will he have but we also want your thoughts because this is a cool day in jacksonville i mean you can feel it and again i love that part of it and so the phone lines are always open on action sports jacks on espn 690 they've been open since day one and here we are two years later but let's get to them right now sean's on the line action sports jacks on espn 690 what's happening man hey how you guys doing man uh so, Brent, you said you were saying before the commercial that you haven't heard anything on the GM front. Now, follow my train of thought here. Just follow me. We haven't heard anything since Lewis Riddick and when everybody else was doing their GM search. And I remember when Urban Meyer's camp was putting rumors and stuff out there, but it was just rumors. And I remember, I'm not sure if it was you or if it was somebody on the NFL Network, I don't remember who, but said that because 
the NFL works differently in agents. You get, they get announced when they have interviews. I'm curious to know, is could Urban run at the GM as well as the, with the head coach like Bill O'Brien did? That's why we haven't heard anything? Yeah, Sean, good question, man. And, and actually, I've had that question quite a bit on social media. And I'll be honest with you, Austin, I have not given that too much thought because I don't think it will happen. There, uh, let me give you an example. I've talked to some folks uh, in the NFL circles over the last few weeks. And by the way, the Urban Meyer stuff in NFL circles, not like, hey, this is great, slam dunk. I don't think that's the way they look at it, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but I what, do. What are they saying? Just like, uh, we'll see what happens? Yeah, kind of like a we'll see. And I think there was a national guy that said something similar today, but I, I have heard that. Like, it's not like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a great hire, great move, great move. Like, that's not what I'm getting. And, and listen, I, it's a smaller sample, but. Folks I've heard from, uh, that's not the case, you know. Uh, in fact, some people believe this is kind of just like a, hey, look at all the attention kind of play. Well, I don't buy that. Stop uh, talking to the Jets media, Brent. Come on yeah. now. Let's go. <laughs> I don't believe. Now, these are these are NFL folks, okay, okay so right. it's not media. Uh, but anyway, people have asked about that. But also when I'm asked about what if Urban Meyer, people say they better put a, a good personnel guy around him because the NFL is different. And so, it's again, I think people forget that the GM job is not just acquiring players. There's a lot that goes into it. There's salary cap. Uh, there's all these transactions. There's a bunch of stuff. We just talk about the transactional stuff. So I think it's important to make sure he does have somebody with NFL experience. So, Sean, I appreciate the question, but I, I don't think there's a chance that he actually has the GM title. I think that's why he's picking the next guy to work with. Now, I'll give you this. He's the guy in charge. Like we, we said, how much control will he have? I think he has all the control. I think you view this a little bit like Coughlin. The only difference is this guy's the head coach, too. You know, mm-hmm. when Coughlin was here, we didn't know if he was running practice. He was setting game plans. He was in team meetings. In fact, there was some confusion amongst players that they weren't too sure if I should be listening to him or him. Well, that's not the case. You're listening to Urban Meyer. And that GM that he brings in and works with, I think, will be listening to Urban Meyer quite a bit. How many times in the last couple of years did Doug Marone say, I don't know, I don't handle the personnel. I don't know, I don't handle the personnel. We will not get that quote from Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer will be heavily involved in the personnel part of this, but I do think he's going to handpick the guy to work with. I don't think Urban Meyer will be in the general manager absolute full control role. No, and I agree with you. I think that is putting way too much on a first-year NFL coach's plate, regardless of the resume. This is a different animal, right? This isn't college anymore. There's there's no recruiting. You're not going to recruits' houses, things like that. Like, this is different. And he will have to learn that, right? And especially in a time now where, depending how much time you actually get in the offseason with your guys, with COVID-19, depending how training camp goes, depending how preseason goes, all that stuff. Like, right now, let's be honest, the deck might be stacked against Urban Meyer a little bit, and, and all first-year coaches, really, just because we're not sure what's going to happen now in the future with the combine and all that stuff. So it's going to be different, and Urban Meyer's got to adjust to that. The last thing I want to do if I'm Shad Khan right now is let him adjust to that and then go ahead and put more on his plate and go, oh, by the way, you're the GM now. Start making all the roster decisions. I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't either. I just don't. I think the NFL is a bit of a different animal. What I'm going to be really interested to see is how much does he lean on NFL guys from a coordinator assistant coach thing? You know, I always look at 
this isn't necessarily the college jump, although I invite you to go look at Pete Carroll because Pete Carroll hired Schneider, and, and I think there are, there are some common things there that maybe Shad Khan's looking at from 2010 because it's worked. I mean, it's really a great success story, and I understand Pete Carroll had previous NFL experience and all the rest. But what I think is an interesting one is when you do something a little bit different, you have to couch it and complement it with things that are at least – Somewhat normal <laughs> by sure. NFL standards, and the, and here's where I'm going with it. You know, when when the rumors of Tom Coughlin came about, and he was coming into the building, you know who I thought was actually going to be like the guy at that time was one of the young hotshots. I don't know if it was McVay. Was McVay available at the time? Might have been or Shanahan or whatever. But one of these younger guys because I thought that would balance it out, right? You get this young, inexperienced hotshot. You really like him, but you balance it out with the experience of a guy like Coughlin. Well, it didn't work out that way. You look at what happened in L.A., though, with McVay, and what did he do? And you bring this up quite a bit. Wade Phillips, right, brought mm-hmm. him in there. Mm-hmm. And, and and he brought others in, too. But Wade Phillips, I just that dynamic of 31-year-old head coach for the first time is like, whoa, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Sure, I know how to call plays. I'm energetic. I can handle a lot of this. I don't act like I'm 31, but I don't know everything. But this guy's been around the block, 72 years old, Wade Phillips, matches my personality. That was a great compliment. That's why it worked early on, I believe, in L.A. That's probably set the table for McVeigh to be successful. And it's not the only reason, but it helped. And so I think if you equate that a little bit to Urban Meyer, there's not a youth problem here with Urban Meyer. He's 56 years old, going to be 57. But I do think you have to surround him with some people that know the NFL ropes. It is different. It is definitely different, and people will admit that. They know that. So surround from an assistant coach standpoint, personnel, whatever it is, people you trust, but lean on them. And what I think is a fascinating thing to play, and we have no idea where he's going to go with coordinators, but it's it's run through my mind. It's like we saw him on on a tweet a couple weeks ago, and he was on some panel. And he was remember he was doing that like a a panel discussion with Jim Caldwell and Marvin Lewis, mm. and it gets entered my mind. I was like, wow, that'd be pretty cool, right? Urban Meyer with Marvin Lewis and Jim Caldwell talk yeah. about NFL experience surrounding him, mm. like that kind of idea. It I think is awesome. You know, mm. I, I really think that's what they need to do. And I think Urban Meyer's smart enough to know this. He has I, been good to he has been good to surround himself with the right people, and that's part of his success. You can't be successful if you don't. No, uh, and I truly hope so, right? Because what we've been hearing is obviously Urban Meyer has gone about assembling his crew, if you will, and one could assume that's going to be a lot of college guys. Uh, I, I know Charlie Strong is a guy that's being kind of thrown around a little bit right now. When whether what capacity he would be coaching if he was to come to Jacksonville, um, I have no idea. I mean, I do know he, he runs a 3-3-5 defense, or he has in the past, so I'm not sure if it's going to be a coordinator position from his part. And once again, it's all just speculation right now. It's all hearsay. And I had no idea Charlie Strong was even in Alabama this past season, Drew. Yeah, it was very quiet Seriously. that he Where's was there. Charlie? I had no uh, idea. And an update on Charlie Strong, I think there was a report of maybe on NFL Network or somewhere else, and then I saw Brandon Spikes. You know Brandon Spikes. I know Brandon uh, Spikes. Yeah. And, and Brandon Spikes, obviously, played for strong and he said i just talked to charlie strong this isn't true okay so i I don't know where it sits right now but it's just interesting his name's being bantered about exactly but listen you know how i feel about wade phillips right like i mean regardless of who the coach was going to be that's the defensive coordinator that i want here but if you look at some of the great teams of the nfl in the past decade we always compare it to the patriots how could be more like the patriots listen bill belichick is the alter 
alter ego. I mean, I mean, he's the ultimate ego, right? Like he's like he's his own man. But at the same time, he surrounds himself with different personalities. I remember when Matt Patricia was there. I mean, they had one of the best defenses in the NFL. Keep in mind, Matt Patricia and Bill Belichick, while they're maybe two great defensive geniuses, are nothing alike in any kind of way. But they make it work, and that's what you need. Like I hope Urban Meyer realizes that. Listen, you don't need to hire. 15 other Urban Myers to be coaches on your team. You, you need to hire some of the old school guys, some of the new school guys, um, and just kind of a plethora of different types of personalities. That, to me, is what makes a great NFL team. Yeah, that'll be awesome to watch. Is Austin Lane wearing the winged wheel? He's a Red Wings fan, you says the opening, Jaguar. Opening night tonight, baby, playing the Carolina Hurricanes. All right. I am sweating profusely. I've had 15 coffees. Urban Meyer probably <laughs> coming to Jacksonville. Oh, it's a fun day. And it's our two-year anniversary. Yeah. Let's continue to celebrate. When we come back on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690, if you get tired of the Urban Meyer talk, you might want to change the channel. We're talking more about Urban Meyer here on a Thursday. I just know one thing, Jerry, that football is football. At the end of the day, I keep hearing about NFL and high school. You know what? I know some You tell me, St. Ignatius and uh, Denver Broncos, what's really the difference? I keep hearing there's a certain level of football that you have to do this to be successful. I can't disagree more. At the end of the day, football was designed by people 100 years ago, over 100 years ago, with a team-first mentality. And if there's not the toughness and great chemistry, you are going to lose and you're going to fail. Wow. So that is Urban Meyer. I think who said that's from, what, 2012? Yeah. Going way back. Were you even born yet? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Old school mentality, though, Brian. I like that. Okay. But what's so interesting about that is what reminds me of Shad Khan's news conference last Monday. And he said, I want, I know he said three of them, and I forget the fourth. (laughs) I just, Mm -hmm. I keep blanking on the fourth. But I know he said these three things. I want somebody that knows the game of football, football, the way it's been played, the way it should be played, all that stuff. But I want somebody that's innovative as well. And one of the other tenants that he said, and again, I'm missing one of them, but one tenant was a guy that can relate to the modern player. Mm-hmm. And so what's really interesting to hear that soundbite, right, from Urban Meyer, because you kind of feel like Urban's more of the innovative, adaptive kind of guy, right? We've talked about that. We compliment him on that. But he goes way back in terms of the roots of football. Bam, check mark for Shad Khan. He is innovative. He brought a lot of that spread to college. Look where it's gone, right? Now it's going to the NFL. Bam, innovative. And then we know he relates. The thing I keep saying is if this guy's around the last couple years, Jalen Ramsey and Yannick Ngakwe, in my estimation, are still here. I think he knows how to handle that player and today's player. And that's always going to be a challenge, but I think he can do it. And can he do it at the NFL level? I think it's a fair question because it's a different kind of man, different kind of player, different kind of atmosphere. But it's interesting that... At least those three boxes are checked, I believe, with Urban Meyer. No, without a doubt. I mean, um, just listen to the guy speak about the game. Like, he, you know, he's an X's and O's guy, right? And he thinks outside the box. We've talked about before in terms of, you know, that read option, um, you know, running those seam routes or whatever like that. Like, he's, he's added a lot to the innovation of college football. And he's had a lot of success doing it as well. But at the same time, like, 
it's a very rare combination to have a guy that is forward thinking in terms of how the players are going to respond, all that type of stuff. How can you, how can you relate to the players and the forward thinking of an offense? But it's super rare when you combine that with kind of this old school demeanor, right? Where let's not make it so complicated. It's just football. All right. Like we're making it complicated. We're the coaches. Like we're doing the game a disservice by making it complicated. Like I like guys that talk like that because I'm from that same boat. I'm cut from that same cloth. I think offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators get in their heads so much where it's like if you just set your guys up for success, then you're going to have success. When you add all these different um, you know, variables and you confuse people, that's when you don't have success. And I think Urban Meyer understands that maybe more than anybody um, at the time in college. So that's what I like from Urban Meyer. It's the fact that it's the old school mixed with the new school. It's kind of like the best of both worlds from hearing him talk. I agree with you. Um, I'm going to give you an Ed Werder tweet in just a little bit that I think is interesting. But let's get to South Beach Gary. He's been hanging on the line. Urban Meyer, thoughts? What's up, what's up South Beach Gary? Good afternoon, guys. A couple of things. I would have gone another route. I, I could be wrong. I could be dead wrong, but time will tell. We'll see. I would have gone with an Arthur Smith or an Eric Bieniemy, but someone who's been in the NFL a while and uh, all the baggage surrounding Urban with his stops and the, the health and everything. But t- as I said, time will tell. The other thing, guys, I'd like to know about. I heard rumblings. There were uh, Urban was looking for assurances about stadium upgrades. I'd like to know. From in that pressure tomorrow, Brian, if one of you guys will find out, you know, what will that entail? Will it be shading for the fans like they did down in Miami? When will that begin? What will, will that entail? The ins and outs of the stadium upgrades, when will it begin? All that kind of stuff, the, the amount put in. And if you guys could find that out. Thanks, South Beach Gary. Appreciate it, man. And that's a good take, too. I, I appreciate the take of the other side. Not everybody has to be like, oh, my gosh, this is going to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's okay. Um, and I do. that's a great question on the facilities. There was a tweet today about facilities. And we talked about this last week, Austin. But we'll bring that back up. So we'll answer that part of uh, South Beach Gary's question in a moment. I want to leave you in this break with this. Ed Werder says, A Jaguars season that began with a win over the Colts followed by 15 consecutive losses could end with the hiring of Urban Meyer and drafting Trevor Lawrence first overall. Reminiscent of Cowboys hiring Jimmy Johnson from the U and drafting Troy Aikman number one. Well, Eric Locke just said to me, Well, can you get Herschel Walker and the eight draft picks that came with it? Or, you know, after trading Herschel. Yeah. You know, but here's the, here's the rub on that. I don't know what the Cowboys' situation was. The Jags do have 11 draft picks, and they have $100 million. So I know they're not going to trade away a guy to get – they already did that part yeah, for sure. <laughs> to get all the capital. So really interesting to read back to see Jimmy Johnson. I just tweeted, Jimmy Johnson, Pete Carroll, Barry Switzer, the only guys, at least that I could find, to win a national championship in college in a Super Bowl in the NFL. Could Urban Meyer join the fray? More to come. Here on Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690, it's the two-year anniversary show. Here for us, it's the Urban Buyer Show for you.